2: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Patrick Allen back again with Matt Connor. Matt Connor, who has been overseas in the great land of Germany. Which is kind of cool because we have a German beer sponsor for this podcast, Kansas City Beer Company. Did they send you over there to like do market research for them, test out different Boy, different beers?
1: That w- that would be pretty amazing. They did. I did sample all the beers using the German purity laws of 1517 or whatever it is. I love it. Yeah, it was great, man. It was it was a great time. Lots of uh, lots of beer gardens, and I will say the traditional garb of, like, beer-made outfits and lederhosen yeah. are worn, are worn like, on a Tuesday night after work to go get a beer. Like, Germans really? go home. They go home, put that on. Any beer garden you'd go to, you'd see between 2 to 12 people wearing that sort of, like, traditional garb. I was like, oh, Holy I thought this shit. was, like,
2: Oktoberfest. Yeah, that's incredible. I wouldn't have believed that. That's amazing. That's well, yeah. That's really cool.
1: It would be like if Americans went home to, like, let me go put on my red, white, and blue bandana, my Hulk Hogan T-shirt, and some fireworks shorts <laughs> before I go get like a Pabst Blue Ribbon at the local bar on a Tuesday.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to Walmart, but that's pretty—it's <laughs> pretty much what you can expect to see. What's your cat's Maybe it's name? Not
1: far off there, right? We all have our costumes.
2: Yeah, yeah. What's your cat's name?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's right. uh, this is Murph. Murph. The
2: Murph. Oh, that's a good name. Good name. Yeah. What's every, up everybody out in, uh, in the chat and YouTube. We're recording live right now. If you're listening to this in the audio version later, what's up? How about those chiefs? Uh, says it's simple. I see Arrowhead addict is going live. I click to watch. Appreciate you, brother. What's up, Andrew. What's up, Jacob. What's up our guy Gonzo. What's up, David. What's up, Thomas. Uh, special shout out to all the Arrowhead addict podcast members. Uh, if you can do us a favor, those of you who are out there watching right now, you know, the drill. Hit that thumbs-up button on YouTube. And, of course, if you want to subscribe, hit the bell. Um, We're going to be talking some Chiefs here. We've got the Chiefs visiting with George Pickens, a couple other players. T.O. wants to play for the Chiefs. Uh, Going to be really fun to talk about that. What's up, Lee from California? Uh, What's up, Tremblay? What's up, James? Um, All right, so, yeah, hit that thumbs-up button for us. Let's get those thumbs-ups rolling in. I got a question for you, Matt Connor, before we get into all the stuff. A little appetizer, if you will. A little... uh, Aperitif is that the word they use? Aperitif, they bring you the little the citrus, like get you going.
1: There's a like a like an amuse bouche. Is the uh, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah. now
2: just so this what I'm serving up to you right now is like a nice citrusy, you know, cup with like a little like edible flower on top, just to just to get you going. And you and the audience, (laughs) who is your favorite Chiefs receiver of all time?
1: Oh man. You can't I mean, it be a tight be, end.
2: Like, it can't be Tony Gonzalez or Travis Cutter. It it to be a straight wide receiver.
1: Yeah. I mean, it would have to be Tyreek Hill. I mean, I just, I'd love to like pull someone from my childhood or say like Stefan Page or, or something like uh, Chris Carson <laughs> or, or yeah. uh, whatever. But I mean, like, you know, Tyreek Hill is just such a, I mean, I still hate the trade. I mean, I get it. We don't need to rehash it, whatever. Right. But I mean, to me, you know, it was, we've had the privilege of watching a Hall of Fame player unfold year after year after year rewarding us with the kind of consistency that you never ever see in terms of both health and production and so i don't take that for granted it was it was beautiful to watch what about you
2: you know and let us know in the chat who's your favorite Chiefs receiver of all time um you know we've got some 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 old timers older than us i i know that watch this podcast so i'm really interested to hear about some of those some of those old timers that i didn't get to watch um 38 yeah i've got to look obviously Tyreek Hill i mean he the things that he could do like you know what he did to help the chiefs win that game against the bills it's just like it's just crazy. so uncommon and crazy and so exciting it was like watching a an actual race car or, like, not even a race car, but, like, one of those motorcycle, like, racing motorcycles that, like, can get, like, they go around a corner and they're, like, an inch off the ground and they're still going, <laughs> yeah. like, 100 miles an hour. Like, that's, that's he could, like, weave in and out of, like, these guys that he's running around, like, running circles around are world-class athletes. That's what's just so nuts about Tyreek Hill. For me, though, and I'm ag- I'm going to agree with Tremblay out there, Andre Rison, like, when I was a kid, he, he was just so, it was just... I, he was like the first big receipt. I was just so excited by him and like his when we remember he was doing the whole Spider Man thing and he would like <laughs> stick stick to the goalposts. Um so yeah, old, old Andre bad moon rising uh was was I would have say good. my favorite growing up. Uh let's see what we got in the chat. J Cole says Dwayne bow. Yeah, man. I got to meet Dwayne bow once at an event. I interviewed him. Um, He didn't like the question I asked him. It was that season where he scored like 20 touchdowns or whatever. And like there was a minute remember where like he was on pace to break the single season touchdown record for a wide receiver. Cause like, remember that was the season where Todd Haley like would refuse to run the ball in the red zone with Jamal Charles. Like, so he was throwing all the time and Dwayne Bow was getting all these numbers and Matt Castle was getting all these numbers. And, and I was like, yeah, but like, it's only because whenever they get done there, they always throw because that's what Todd wants to do. Um, and then I asked Dwayne because he had had like three weeks where he didn't score a touchdown or something. And um, he had been answering all these football questions. And I was like, hey Dwayne, like, you know, you, you were on pace to break the touchdown record. And like, it's kind of cooled off the last couple of weeks. Do you think teams are focusing more on trying to take you away down in the red zone? And like, he was like, you know, man, I'm just here to talk about Nike. You know, I don't really want to get it. I was like, and I was like, I was a young reporter, you know, at the time. And like, I had no follow-up, no guts. I was like, oh yeah. So what, what, what do you think about these shoes? So embarrassing. It used to be on, uh, it used to be on YouTube. I think I deleted it out of shame. For my lack of, <laughs> my lack of reporter stones. Um, our guy, Stacy, in the in the chat says, uh, sleeper pick Eddie Kennison. That dude played some, some, with some fire. I loved Eddie Kennison. No he was a guy. Like he was guy. Great. Yeah, he was a great receiver. Uh, Bo Richter was the one who did the worm, right? Was that Bo Richter? Who did? Oh, Johnny what? Morton.
1: Johnny Morton did that. the worm.
2: You don't I mean, remember I remember
1: that? when they signed Johnny Morton, I, w- I just remember being through the roof thinking, this is the difference maker.
2: <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Let us know in the chat as we're going to move on here, but let us know in the chat, like what was your worst Chiefs take? Like what was your worst like, oh, we're going to, you know, if we just sign this guy, like who was the guy that from Pittsburgh? Uh oh no, the guy Whitlock really wanted us to tie law. If we just get Ty Law, Super Bowl I got bound, Two jerseys. Baby.
1: I got two Dude, Ty Law jerseys. That,
2: that's right. Come that's on. right. But you were thinking um, of
1: Kendrell Bell, weren't you? Like Kendrell
2: Bell, yes, yeah. If we just got Kendrell Bell, that was I was for sure we're yeah. like that was the missing link. Oh well. Yeah. Um <laughs> all right, everybody, listen. The uh I got a couple of announcements, and the first one is super exciting. We are giving away a mother effin' Patrick Mahomes jersey. This is a month-long sweepstakes that we're we're running. I'm not going to get into all the details, but there's multiple ways that you can enter. So uh, we're doing it for our listeners uh, all month long, and we're going to be doing these like every month from pretty much here until the end of time. So another reason to listen to this podcast. This month it's Patrick Mahomes Jersey, multiple ways to to get uh, multiple entries. So check out the link in the description and find out how to enter terms and conditions apply. Don't ask me what they are, read the rules. If you're from like Botswana and we're not shipping to Botswana, I don't know if we are, maybe we are, but uh, you know, make sure you read the rules. I apologize if that's the case. All right, and then of course, you know this, we've already said it on the podcast, The Airhead Attic Podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company. KC Beer Co. is the largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City. And they're also the only brewery, as Matt mentioned, that he found this out on German soil. Uh, They're the only one to focus on German beer styles. And they're the only ones to actually brew their beer according to the German purity laws of 1516. Using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. That's it. They still get great flavor. It's absolutely delicious. This is an award-winning brewery. has a terrific lineup of brews. So, whatever beer you're into, Casey Beer Co. has a style for you. When you're out shopping in the in the Kansas or a northern and western Missouri area, look for the red Casey Beer Co. cartons on your local store, and you can support the Arrowhead Attic Podcast by supporting Casey Beer Co. and do us a favor: tag them on Twitter. They're at, at Casey Beer Co., and say, "Hey, I heard about your beer on the Arrowhead Attic Podcast." If you want to keep us on the air, give them give them a shout on Twitter so they keep spending money with us. Um, Dare to beer different. Please drink responsibly. Twenty-one and over. And I gotta say, they're really wonderful people. Um, and thank you for listening to that read. But th- like Katie and Steve over, I've met them in person. I'm I'm wearing the Casey Beer Co hoodie, and um, I've actually got the t-shirt on underneath it too. I got cold, so
1: you have several layers. Of Casey yeah, beer. several
2: layers of Casey Beer Co. They're wonderful people, and they're local. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud that they're a sponsor of our podcast. We've had other sponsors in the past, not so proud about. I'm proud to represent Casey Bierko because they're actually genuinely just wonderful people. Go down to the beer hall, meet them. It's, it's awesome to, to to be supported by people like that. Okay, uh, we're going to move on. Appreciate your your support as well out there in podcast land. So let's talk about the big story this week in, in the Chiefs Kingdom. No, I'm not talking about George Pickens coming in for a visit. No, I'm not talking about, <laughs> about Frank Clark trying to recruit the Honey Badger back to Kansas City. We're going to get to all of that. But I'm talking about Terrell Owens begging Andy Reid to play for the Chiefs last year. This came out on the Pat McAfee show. I'm going to read you the quote and then I want to get your reaction and, and all of y'all out there in the chat. I want to get your reaction, too, because it's 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 actually he, what he said was really interesting, I thought. So uh, T.O. said, I talk extensively time to time. Isn't that hilarious? I talk extensively time to time. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Andy Reid, um, who coached me when I was in Philly, I was blowing his phone up through the course of last year. I'm like, dude, bring me in, bring me in. You know what I mean? But they got Josh Gordon in and he didn't do anything. And I'm like, I can do what Josh Gordon was doing, which I mean he didn't amount to anything really. And that's not to say anything bad about him again.
1: <laughs> which is like <laughs> extensively from time to time.
2: Right, right, yeah. Like he basically just said, this guy, this guy sucked, not to not to, not to, shit on him, you know. Right, um, right. He continued, um, you look at that last game they played, uh, trigger warning everybody, you look at that last game they played against the Bengals, and they're in overtime, they're in the red zone, just as I mentioned, third down, red zone situation, Patrick Mahomes, and he couldn't find anybody in the red zone. Somebody was open, by the way. Uh, then you insert me into the offense. That's where I would be just as valuable. You have Tyreek Hill in there, you got Travis Kelsey, you put me on the other side of that formation. Somebody has to commit to the other side so- one side or the other, because at the end of the day, I'm going to get open. I'm going to be a viable option, just as Travis Kelsey will be at tight end or Tyreek Hill. So, like I said, it has to be a very unique situation for me to return to the NFL, and obviously a, a good opportunity. But again, like I said, I know that I can come in and I can contribute. How old is Terrell Owens? Terrell
1: Owens. Terrell Owens is going to be forty-eight years old in July. Forty-eight. Right? Forty-eight. That is two McCall Hardmans put together, right? To right? <laughs> could be the to could legitimately be the father of probably 80% of the Chiefs roster right now in uh, in, in like an, a plausible scenario. So this idea is 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 crazy. And it, so at, like at first when I read this, I thought, oh man, what a madman. Are you kidding me? And then I thought, but did you ever see T.O. play? Yes. And have you even seen him since look as ripped as he does? Like T.O. will look better at 68 than I ever will. Right.
2: Yeah. So
1: yeah. I'm thinking if there's one guy that maybe could possibly step on the field and create some separation at the age of 47, going to be 48. Am I going to be the guy to look at him and tell him no? Andy Reed is. Andy Reed's going to be the guy to look at him and go, yeah, this, I'm going to act like this is a, a cold call coming from some guy right. who wants to randomly buy my house for cash. Right. Um, right. But, but, yeah, I, it, it's a, it's bananas. The whole thing is is bananas. You know,
2: I can imagine Andy Reid, like he's talking to T.O. and and he's like, who is this? You ever see that episode of Seinfeld? Jerry's like, who is this? Like all of a sudden Andy Reid's like, I don't know who you are. You know, what's funny to me too about this is like, this guy is, look, that was what, why he was such a great trash talker and celebrator. Like he had like ultimate confidence in in, in himself, which a lot of, pro athletes do and you almost need to, to like get that little bit of extra edge when everyone's so talented. (laughs) But like, man, he literally just went on radio and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50. But if I went out there in the red zone and I lined up, he's like, and you're a defender and you're looking at Tyreek Hill over here and Tio over here, boy, you're in a conundrum. (laughs) Which (laughs) side are you going to commit to? You know, like, dude, come, come on. Right. Like that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's like me saying, like, if my wife divorced me tomorrow, I might be able to go out and get a woman to actually spend some time with me. Right. But like, <laughs> instead, that's like me saying to my wife, listen, you probably want to stay married to me. Cause if you divorce me at any minute, Scarlett Johansson is going to be over here. And then, <laughs> you know, she's going to have to decide because now I'm on the market. Like, it's just, in, that's a crazy talk. That's insane. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. The, it's
1: been- I, I mean, I just I found the whole thing, you know, so bananas. Um, I, you know, what do you make of it? He threw Josh Gordon under the bus, right? And in a way, in a way, you got to look at it and go, yeah, he really didn't amount to anything. And Gordon was getting, you know, ton tons of reps, but uh, but yeah, Tio. Here's the thing, though. Remember this: former players like Tio who seem to want to stay in the spotlight, stay relevant. Like Tio, only has one job right now, and that is. How do I stay relevant in the media world enough to keep getting interviews, to keep getting asked to like lead a Pro Bowl team or, or right. do this media gig? T.O. stays relevant by, by claiming his own relevance to the modern game. So I posted this earlier. We had a, we did a story on this. It was like the rushing leader, like Terrell Owens played 15 seasons, like, like, like he had a yeah. long career itself. And in his last year, like Sam Bradford was the rookie of the year. Right, offensively, or Arian Foster was your rushing leader. Like it's been a long time since since he's played football twenty ten. So yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago in terms of like the names who were around at the time and and the other statistical rushing leaders or or whatnot. But yeah, it's funny.
2: Yeah, it really is, um, and it's like so. Larry Fitzgerald is thirty eight. And he was still like into his late thirties was still a contributor. Like he was a guy like, all right, like, you know, but like was not the guy that he was. And it was, it was very, you know, was really slowing down. uh, Larry Fitzgerald's an incredible shape (laughs) and he's 10 years younger than T.O. It's just, you know, but it's kind of one of those lose lose things for T.O. because he can be like, yeah, man, I could still play. And then everybody talks about how he, he he could or couldn't still play. Most people say he couldn't, but there's no way to prove him wrong because he's never going to get a job <laughs> <My> <laughs> with <friend>. an NFL <laughs> team as a player <laughs> right now. But, like, wouldn't you like to see, like, not on the Chiefs, obviously, but, like, I don't know, bring him back. Like, put him on a good team too, right? Like, put him on the Bucks with Brady and just, like, see what would happen. Like, I'm going to ask you out in the chat. Let us know if TO suited up for a good offense so like let's say the bucks with a good quarterback or or the chargers or something like that like what would his stat line be like, would it be horrible? Like, would he get like five, like never get open? You know, would his average be like four yards of reception for, you know, like, I, I want to know what everybody thinks. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to some of those responses as they as they start coming in. But no one, uh, no, none says, yeah, being in shape is way different than being in shape for for football. The lack of physical contact you get from football is something you simply can't get from working out. That's right. He can have the abs. He can be low percentage body fat. Those bones in there are old. Take it from old thirty-eight-year-old Patrick Allen here, who can't lift things <laughs> up anymore. Um, first time he gets hit, the back, all that stuff. Like, yeah, I don't care how much uh, how good it looks on the outside. Um, the engine has some miles on it, so we're gonna move on. Uh, and let us know how many how many yards you think TO would get. But I wanted to add, say to you guys, you know, um, if you like the Airhead Attic podcast please consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Addict family. Uh, Arrowhead Addict members get access to special emojis and loyalty badges that uh, they can use during these live YouTube streams. One, we're doing one right now. And they also get an invite to our private Discord where they can hang out with the AA hosts. I'm talking about us in the third person, sort of. That's me, that's Matt Connor. that's Matt Verderham, that's Sterling Holmes. And we talk cheese football in there. We talk movies, we talk beer, so much more. Members also get invites to private events with the hosts, like virtual happy hours. Got one of those coming up here in april and check out the link uh about joining in the description wherever you're getting this podcast and we appreciate your support not required but if you're looking you want to connect with us a little bit more this is something we're going to continue to build uh it's it's great to 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 have links with you guys out there who listen to this show and then like eventually we're going to come to kansas city and then we're going to do like a members only happy hour in person before an event you know like all kinds of cool fun stuff so check it out all right let's talk about everybody's fa- I I've seen more chiefs fans. I think tweet about this guy than probably any other player. And it's George Pickens out of Georgia. So if you don't yeah. know, George Pickens visited the chiefs. So the chiefs, if you don't know that they get to visit with 30 players that they can bring to Kansas. I hate that. Like, why, why is it 30? Like, why is there a rule about how, <laughs> if they want to bring in the whole damn draft class? They should be able to, but uh, we won't talk about the NFL, some of the NFL silliness, but there are a lot of visit with 30 guys. So there's they got to be somewhat choosy. I mean, that's still a lot of people that to bring into the to, to to Arrowhead to meet with everyone. But they bring in George Pickens. That's high profile guy. Thinking he's going to go in the first round, maybe towards the back end, possibly second, out of Georgia, wide receiver. If you don't watch a lot of college football, he's a big guy, 6'3". three. Um, he can run the forty yard dash in four point four seven seconds. He has excellent hands and length. I stole this from a, an article written by Matt Connor on ArrowheadAddict.com. You need to attribute that. He is coming off an injury, a non-contact ACL, uh, missed a lot of time last year. What's your opinion on... And I want to get the, to the to the bit you wrote about why the Chiefs might have brought Pickens in and, and maybe not just because they want to draft him. I want to get to that in a second. But what's your opinion of the player, of the prospect, and of the prospect of him being on the Chiefs?
1: I really like the player. I, I like the position a little bit less. Like I, I would like to see all defense in the first round. Like, like edge, edge is a bleeding wound at this point, and wide receiver is just not. It, 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 I mean, it lacks the ceiling that we had with Tyreek Hill. But, but, but we're like we're bleeding <laughs> copious amounts of blood at edge rusher right now. Um, and and that's hoping you even have something reliable and healthy with Frank, um, or even if you add Melvin to that. I, I, I just still think, um, I think you have to go defense in the first round. But if you're committed to a first round wide receiver, um, I love Pickens as, as that guy, if it is. Um, Yeah. He's a great player. He's, he's a little slight, right? He's only 195. Um, So he's going to have a problem with corners who are going to be physical. Like, like the chiefs like to play physically with their corners. Any other corners like that in the NFL are going to give Pickens problems coming off the line. Um, And he's also pretty slight. So his injury concern from before is going to carry over in the NFL in terms of like hey is he going to be able to withstand the rigors of getting hit by more elite athletes at an elite level. That said, Pickens has produced at a very high rate against the best in college football and there's very few weaknesses in his game. I mean, the guy's fast, the guy's long, his hands are incredible, the catch radius is like amazing. Um he's got great ball tracking ability. I he's he's a he's a total wonder of a of a player. If he could be stronger, if he could, if he can, if he can add strength to that build and show what he can and stay healthy, he is your number one receiver. But, but, um, you know, it just depends on if you think that position is it. If the Chiefs pass on him at the bottom of the first round, they're not getting him. I mean, I think Pickens is that perfect. He may not even be there at that point, honestly. I mean, if, if teams are good at hiding their their draft card about who they really want, Pickens is that good, potentially, or he'll be taken right at the top of the second, like a T Higgins or or one of those guys that get like one of the first off the board in the second round for these for a team that maybe picked a, a quarterback early in the in the first.
2: Got it. Yeah. The 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 people in the chat were getting some some feedback on on this with Pickens. Angry drunk Angry drunken German says, uh, "I'd be <laughs> fine with Pickens in the second. Interesting. If he's, I mean, if he's there when the Chiefs pick in the second, yeah, no question, slam dunk draft, right?" Um, uh, Tremblay says, "I think Pickens would be good, but other receivers could be available at twenty nine and thirty. Totally possible. It's going to be really. In, there's a lot of good receivers, and a yep. lot of teams made moves." to get receivers, which helps the Chiefs if they want to take a receiver with one of their first-round picks, right? The the Dolphins and the Raiders, they don't have a pick anyway in the first round, but, you know, like teams have made moves to get receivers, so that can help more of these quality receivers in this draft fall to where the Chiefs want them. Nate S. says Pickens' upside is huge. Yeah, so let us know your thoughts on, on Pickens. Joe, Joe Dugan says, or is it Duggan? Dugan or Duggan? Let me know. Uh, I don't want a guy... I don't want to go for a maybe guy or someone with injury concerns. Pat needs repli- re- reliable guys that can make them better. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, it's that's always a concern. That that might be why he's there when the Chiefs draft him um, because of teams have those in- injury concerns. But one thing we know about Brett Veach is he's kind of – they do their research on these kinds of things. And, you know, like look at Trey Smith. It wasn't necessarily an injury as a condition that he was dealing with, but it scared teams off. Brad Beach did some research, decided it was worth it, and went for it. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to do that in the first round, but something something to look at. Uh, Jacob says Pickens would have been a top five pick without the injury. Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. So, Matt, in the article that you wrote about this, you had a, a lot of really interesting commentary on why teams bring certain guys in for interviews. And it really all is a mystery, right? Because some guys, they want to bring in for an interview because they really want to interview them. They want to find out more about them. But there's definitely some subterfuge that happens, some smoke and mirrors, because once everybody knows you're interested in somebody, they might jump over you to take them instead. So sometimes when teams really like somebody, particularly like a quarterback, like they didn't have Mahomes in for a visit, I don't think, right? Um, I don't believe so. No, like this is the franchise quarterback. You're not going to bring them in for a a special visit. Well, why? Because you don't want teams to know who you really covet if you can help it. Um. So there's no way for these teams to really know if the Chiefs are really interested in Pickens, but sometimes they bring in guys they never draft, and a lot of times you can look at a draft class and it's all got, like they didn't interview any of those guys. So uh, talk to me a little bit about about you know why you wrote all that, what it means. And whether or not you think the Chiefs are actually, actually seriously considering,
1: things. yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was if there was legitimate interest, right? I mean, because you have a very talented guy at a position of need, and you know a lot of people are connecting those dots for good reason. There's also some medical questions here that a closer look on your turf with your doctors or your training staff, if they want to see how that ACL is healing up, it's not a bad move to bring them in and just get that that medical check. But I remember seeing a tweet earlier today. It just said, don't forget um, the Chiefs looked red hot for Reuben Foster, the linebacker, when they chose and traded up for Mahomes in the draft because these kind of smoke screens happen, right? You bring in guys. So here's the thing. You have like the Green Bay Packers. They trade away Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is still the cornerback. It's almost the exact same scenario as the chiefs right now, where you got rid of your top target, but you still have like one of the top two quarterbacks in the game. So you need to refill that. You've got it. You've got to raise the ceiling at that position. The Packers pick have two first round picks, thanks to the Devante trade. um, And both picks are in front of the chiefs, right? So what better for the chiefs to do than let's bring in George Pickens. I mean, does that, does that make the Packers panic? Do they then take take him? Are the Chiefs just doing their due diligence and realizing, well, we may be giving something away here, but we need to be sure. You can play this either way. The intrigue of this is what makes it so much fun for all of us, because right. none of us are sitting there in Arrowhead. So we're going like the mystery and the drama of the draft is what, to me, what makes the draft such an awesome event. To my wife, she's like, uh, you spend like three straight days watching a guy on a podium like read a name off a postcard <laughs> and, th- and then go sit down. Yeah. Like, 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 why would anyone care about that? And it's like, well, it's the same thing as, as, as any drama that you may watch. There's an intrigue to the maneuvers that are happening and the moves that didn't happen versus did and all of that. So, you know, it's really hard to say here. There could be medicals to check out. The Chiefs should have an interest in pickings positionally and talent wise. But then again, there are teams with a need for a Pickens like talent in front of them. If the Chiefs wanted an edge rusher at 29 and maybe another one at 30 for that for that matter, every quarterback, every wide out taken above them is yet another defender falling to them. Right. So the, the more that the Chiefs can inflate the stock, if they can at all, Um, And maybe we're giving them too much credit here. Like maybe the Packers are like, why we don't give a shit who they bring in for a visit. We've got, you know, like we've got business to do. So, um, but in as much as they can inflate the draft stock of guys who will help knock other guys, they really want down the draft board. They're going to use these visits to, to do that, at least with some of the top guys.
2: Yeah. And you said this in your article and, and um, Baker Jones in the chat mentioned this as well. It could be driving up the wide receiver market for teams like the Packers. So less edge are taken by our pick. Uh, you you wrote specifically that basically in your article as well, Matt, um, and that's that's a great point, and it's super interesting. And yeah, every every player that the Chiefs don't need, like right, it's great if it'd be great if this was a heavy quarterback draft, and there was four or five quarterbacks going ahead because that means all of the other players at corner and edge and all the other positions that the Chiefs have needs at were falling to the Chiefs. Unfortunately, that's not the case, um, but that's okay. There's the Chiefs have plenty of ammo to get whoever they want almost anybody, whoever they want. Right. So if they want to package, if they, they, there's a pass rusher up there in the top 10 that they think is like, going to be a stud, like a, like a Bosa-esque player or something, they can go get them and still have plenty of ammo to get other good players. Um, So we're going to have to see how they play it. It's going to be really interesting. I like Pickens. I'm obsessed with the idea of getting bigger receivers, both tall receivers and big receivers. I love DK Metcalf. Like, Get me like I want monsters out there. I want to call the <laughs> Chiefs wide receivers this year the monsters. I want to get out there with with Jody Fortson and the monsters. Uh, yeah, and like, yeah, and, and and Fountain. I want all guys over six one. You know, Juju. Like, let's go out. Let Pat throw the ball up. Let's be physical underneath and make teams pay. And then just let McColl take them out over the top. I love it. Listen, uh, did you guys know that the Arrowhead Addict podcast? Now has swag. I don't have any yet. I sent some to Sterling, but I haven't sent some to myself because that's the kind of guy I am. Sterling's got a golf shirt. Um, he's 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 out there hitting the links with it. But check out the link in the description uh, and some Head Attic Podcast swag. Check out the Adidas golf hat in particular; it's pretty badass, and the Champion hoodie. We got to get you some uh, some swag out there too, Matt. I'm just I'm a busy guy. I haven't had time to. I took care of Sterling first because look, let's be honest. He's the best looking guy in this podcast. And if we're going to get people to buy some of this shit, we need to put it on Sterling to model,
1: right? <laughs> Sterling's it's... your mannequin in the storefront?
2: <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, the, the only problem is, is if he wears that hat, it's going to flatten down his hair. And he's like a totally different guy without the, like the, what do they call it? The pompadour,
1: right? Like,
2: like I've like... got a little bit of one. His is like four times as high as mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's nothing without it. Nothing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you, uh, just like you, you're Sam, like Samson without his hair. Like if we cut off all your hair and all your, all your beard and pile <laughs> it on top of your head, your hair might get as high as Sterling. Um, the source of a strength. I love it. Let's, let's talk about uh, Devontae Wyatt, who also visited the chiefs as we're uh, quickly approaching the draft. So he's uh, the chiefs apparently watched a lot of sec football and in particular, a lot of Georgia football this year, Devontae Wyatt visits the chiefs defensive tackle, out of Georgia. So last year he had 39 tackles, including seven for a loss, two forced fumbles, and was an all SEC selection. Now you wrote about this and you've got thoughts on it. So I want to hear hear from you on this one. I saw somebody in the chat also talking about Wyatt. Uh, is he a guy, like he's an interior guy. Is he, is he a guy that would move to edge potentially? Because we know that's a big move for the Chiefs. Or the, do the Chiefs just really want to to pair somebody with Chris Jones inside to really recap it
1: could be could be a pairing with Jones it could be potential replacement for Jones. I mean remember as Jones gets older he's gonna need more time for rest. Wyatt's the kind of guy he's versatile he could play the one and the three Tech so you got a guy there who when Jones needs a rest um like Wyatt could play that role and still fulfill um, why it's gotten better every single year of his college career. So the thought seems to be that that maybe his best is still yet to come. Um, He's not like as strong as maybe you'd like to see, which is why he's going to fall in the first round versus be that like early, early pick, like a, like a Derek Brown was a couple of years ago for the Panthers or a, or Aaron Donald as a ultimate example or, or something like that. So um, he can be gotten with double teams, but on a team with Jones, let's say this. Kansas City has real problems rushing on the edge right now, right? We talked about them bleeding. But the yeah. shortest distance between any two points is a straight line. The Chiefs could take a lot of pressure off of their own lack of a pressure outside if they could generate some serious push like, like from the interior. Um, and White's the kind of guy who could work together with Jones and and really kind of wreak havoc there in the middle. I think the, I think a, a Wyatt play is more about the long-term of the position. Because, I mean, Derek Nott, back for only a year. And, and by the way, he's a rotational run stuffer at, at this point. I mean, he's going to play a third of the snaps. Turk Wharton, maybe we've seen the ceiling there. It's a great find. Colin Saunders, right? I mean, he, he's always injured and, and was always a project to begin with. They just signed a new guy from the Colts, Taylor Stallworth who is, again, a rotational, potentially disruptive guy who's solid against the run. But no one has an incredible ceiling other than Jones. And every year, Jones is going to get more expensive and older. So yeah. bringing in someone now like a Devonte Wyatt lets you, OK, we are good. We've got a high ceiling for the next half decade. That room is full and impactful in a place where they say you need it most in the trenches. What do you think
2: about the way that the chiefs need to play defense and the considerations when they're looking at the rest of the AFC, you know, typically, okay, we're going up against, you know, these pocket passers and we, we need to give them edge rushers. The chiefs have to face a lot of guys. The, the position is changing. I mean, Josh Allen is a problem, right? And it's not just because he can throw the ball. Then you got to go and you got to, you, you might run into Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert can move. Russell Wilson's coming to the division. He can move a little bit, right? So yeah. You know, what is a good str- – like, do the Chiefs want these – like, do they want to try to force these guys outside, get there quickly, and then how do they combat on the defense without, like, athletic edges? Is it, like, we got to really rely on Willie Gay, like Willie Gay and Bolton to, like, yeah. you know, spy these guys down?
1: Yeah, I mean I think so. I, I think that I think that's what makes the the problems at Edge such a big deal. I think that's what makes I mean Justin Reed, maybe that was I mean, Reed's a big part of the addition. You're upping the athleticism there right. from the declining Matthew into like a still ascending young player, kind of like Matthew and Reed. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that switch. To me, I mean, if we're talking like who we want in the draft, like there's a guy out of Michigan, Daxton Hill, who is a who is a hybrid safety he could definitely play corner at the NFL he is I just think he would be like the ultimate chess piece in that secondary to put the Chiefs over the top there and if you could put him with an edge rusher in the first round who who you uh, like who you know there's half a dozen names there that I think it'll work I just think that could make a major difference even from like immediate day one even though you don't want that with with your with sorry, with your first year players having to depend on them. So sure. but yeah, you're right. You're right. These quarterbacks are gonna make a major difference. Fortunately the Chiefs have I mean, you know, Willie Gay is that guy. He's got sideline to sideline speed. Nick Bolton's instincts are are just I mean, they're incredible. He he yeah. just has such a nose for the football and and such that twitchy athleticism and, and so like his instincts make him as fast as Willie Gay on the field. Yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see even further, like, push at linebacker. Like, another. no one uh, wants another second-round linebacker. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the third and fourth.
2: I, I got to tell you, I think Willie Gay is going to be a pro bowler. Like, I, I think he is that guy. He's got stuff going on upstairs, too. Some of those near picks that he's had and the bat of balls. Like he, now as, 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 as the game slows down for him, I'm really excited to see him in this third year because yeah. if they trust him and they just turn him loose and he gets all of these snaps he's going to he's going to be a problem for DC he's going to be making plays all over the place and i think in a way he can replace Tyron Matthew a little bit in that sort of like he's kind of all over the place field, obviously not in covering, you know, cornerback, but like Tyron Matthew is one of those guys that could kind of come down and you can move him all over the place. And he's a brain on the defense. I think between Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, the Chiefs have a really bright future defensively. If they can, they can, you know, just shore up a couple other areas. Speaking, speaking of Tyron Matthew, we're going to talk about him in just a second, but if you like this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review over there. You can write a review. They'll ask you for the stars. But if you leave a written review, we'll read it on the podcast. We're going to do that later. And if you ask us a question in your review, we'll answer it on the podcast. So even if you can't be here live, like when we're on YouTube with the folks here who are are great and are interacting and firing questions and comments at us, You can be out there in audio land and you can still hear your name on the podcast and hear your question answered by by uh, a bunch of idiots who don't know any more about football than you do. But we do. We'll do our best to provide some insight. Uh, All right. Listen, Tyron Matthew, he was recruited by Frank Clark. Uh, So as we know, look, Tyron Matthew is almost certainly gone. The Chiefs have signed a replacement. He wants lots of money. The Chiefs now they have lots of money, but they haven't even offered Tyron Matthew a contract. Keep that in mind as far as we know, they they haven't even, they haven't even offered him, you know, maybe they're just waiting. They don't want to insult him. They like know that their number is, is lower than what he wants. So they're just like, Hey, go out there, man, test the market. I'm sure there was some conversation like that. Right. Just the fact that they haven't offered him a contract doesn't mean that they just like ghosted him. Like, like I hear the kids do to each other on the Tinder, Um, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I'll tell you, a couple of years ago, some some younger uh, colleagues came to town when I lived in New York and we were walking down the street and they were like, you know, a pretty girl walked by and somebody was like, swipe left. And I was like, what? I had no clue what was happening. I've been in a relationship, my 10-year mer- like wedding anniversary is coming up. Um, We've been together five years before that. I had no clue what was going on. It's just life, life hits you fast. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> nobody nobody out there in the NFL has yet to swipe left on Tyron Matthew. He did visit the Saints <clears throat> this week, left without a contract. He doesn't seem to be in a hurry to, to sign. But NFL teams don't be in like look, if he was getting the contract he wanted, he'd be on in the place he wanted, he'd be on a team right now. Like we can say all we want about how like he's in a position where he can wait. He can. He'll get a job. Like he will get signed. He might not get as much money as he wants. But if he was one of these guys that teams were like, we've got to have him, we need help at safety. You saw the way teams were throwing monies at, at money at receivers this this offseason. Like they would have offered Tyron a contract. So he goes to the Saints. He's de- he's from down there uh, in the Bayou. He doesn't get signed. That doesn't mean they didn't make him an offer. He just he doesn't get signed. And then uh, our guy uh, uh, Frank Clark hops on to I think Instagram and is saying, "Hey, come back! I need I need you." I don't have the exact quote. So Frank Frank would like him back. Vertaram, our co-host on the show, floated this a while back. Like he was like, "What if?" now they've got all this cap space and he doesn't see what he likes out there. What if he, co- he comes back to Kansas city? Cause he's like, if it's a difference between look, a million bucks is a million bucks, but if it's a difference between a million or two for Tyron and he's like, I'm playing a system I know with guys I know with coaches I like, and I get to play for a championship, wh- another championship. Like, okay, that makes sense. Do you see that happening? Is Frank, is Frank, Frank the shark who we didn't think would be back and is back is, is his, um, is his recruiting efforts. Are they in vain here?
1: Uh, well, I think they are. But you just said we didn't think that Frank Clark was coming back, which was such an excellent point to make there because, I mean, like that just seemed like a foregone conclusion. Oh, yeah, Frank's gone. We're going to have to have two new edge rushers. And he's back. And and it happened early and and against all the odds of – of so so our ability to quickly say, oh, yeah, Tyron's gone. I mean, it's like, well, we've already been proven wrong this offseason and crazier things have happened than Tyron Matthew coming back to the Chiefs. Right. Crazier things have happened. So – yeah, you know, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't think so. Um, but people should love the idea. If you don't love the idea of paying Matthew three years for some exorbitant amount of money to be your top safety, okay, that's one thing, right? Because maybe there's the declining skill set and he's in his 30s now and whatever else. But Tyron Matthew as your Dan Sorensen for next year is a major upgrade. Uh, not to mention the leadership lift, the locker room presence, the 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 communication and the instincts and the way that he makes he you know he's the guy that raises all like he's the tide that raises all boats right out there. So I mean, if somehow if somehow a bridge could be built there and and his own financial demands could come down, I, I read this report with the Colts that was just saying you know the the reason. The Colts haven't spent the money. The Colts are being real stingy this offseason. They've got like they're flush with cash. They're not doing anything with it. And there's been a few reports leaking interest in like that Chris Ballard and the Colts could use a safety like Matthew. The Colts could be a winning team um, in the in the easy south. It could make for a good match. But then, but then what came out was the the price demands of the players they are interested in signing are are like way too exorbitant. And I, and immediately I just thought they're talking about Tyron Matthew. That's who they're talking about. So, you know, it's not just the chiefs. Everyone's kind of sneering at like whatever the demand is. It's too great. If that price comes down, I think the Colts are going to pounce on it. Um, And, or maybe it's a hometown play for new Orleans, but gosh, if he could be third safety and still get a lot of playing time next to Reed next to Thornhill, that's an, that's an exciting trio to me.
2: Yeah. Apex affairs in the, in the chat says he doesn't think he's coming back. He mentioned Bobby Wagner waiting and still getting a big contract. It's a great point. Look, I think probably what's happening here is that he's over 30. He wants a lot of money and he wants probably extra years. I'm sure a team would be like, like if he wants, say he wants 16 million a year, right. For three years, teams might be like, uh, 16, 17 million. I don't want to pay that year over 30. You might've lost a step. If he said, I'll, I'll apply want 16 for one year. He might be signed already. A team might be like, yeah, we'll pay you that for one year. Right? Like for next year. Yeah, sure. Right? So what could be happening here is the draft is coming. So if Tyron didn't get picked up in the first wave of free agency, his camp is like, let's wait and see what happens. And teams are also probably like, well, let's wait and see what happens. We have some safeties we like in the draft. It's as great as Tyron Matthew is. If you have a guy you really like in the draft, it's preferable to to sign that guy. He's going to be way cheaper control him for longer. And he's got a higher long-term upside than Tyron Matthew does. So everybody is probably waiting to see what happens after the draft. And it can work in favor of the teams if they get the guy they want, but it can work in Tyron's favor if they don't, if teams don't get the guy they want, if the Colts don't get a guy they want in the draft and they're like, shit, man, we got to either like pay off the nose to get Tyron Matthew for this year or give him what he wants and sign him for a three-year contract. So that's probably the game. The Honey Badger is playing, and that's probably why he won't end up in Kansas City is because um like the Rolling Stones said, you can't always get what you want, and uh you're not these teams are not going to get what they want in the draft necessarily, so
1: it should be noted that if he signs before May tenth he's part of the compensatory formula, and based upon what he's going to get monetarily and Production wise, it would be real nice if another team. I mean, if he's going to sign with another team, you actually want him to sign sooner than later because the Chiefs are going to profit from that and gain another. I would think he would get in next year's draft. Like I think he'll get... In like, which they already have like ten. Just based anyway. on who he is it's and crazy. what we know
2: about his leadership, unless his demands are insane after the draft, I would think that he would get that. There's a possibility that he could get signed really quickly after the draft. If he doesn't, it's probably going to be training camp time. Like, he's going to be like Ingram was last year. I, He's I just, he's just a, such a valuable player. Even even now, I, I I find it hard to believe. But who knows? The NFL, the market will bear it out, right? That's what we're finding is I thought he'd get signed right away, and he didn't. So there's some stuff we don't know. We don't know all the details. Um, so let's find out. Apex says he'd rather give Gilmore three years, $35 million. All right. We got to get to some reader reviews. If you guys could do us a favor, if you're watching out there on YouTube land, as we're, as we're heading towards the end of the road here, hit that thumbs up button for us. Even if folks aren't watching now, it'll help them find this content later. And more Chiefs content for all is a good thing. All right. So our first review, and again, if you head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review over there, and you write a question. Like if you asked a question in this chat and we weren't able to get to it because there's over 100 of you watching, if you leave it in a review, we're going to answer it. Um, I've even read reviews calling me unlistenable. Uh, Live on the podcast, because I'm a man of my word. So the first one comes from Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama, uh, from the end of March. Great Chiefs podcast. Really enjoy listening to the podcast every week. Great insight and perspective on the Chiefs. Question. After his injury, it seemed like there was a possibility that David Ojabu could fall to the Chiefs at 29 or 30. Would you be willing to take him because of a great future upside, even knowing he most likely won't be playing much if at all this season, are you familiar with this prospect, Matt Connor?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't touch it. He wouldn't be on my. I mean, uh, on paper, you would love it for what he could potentially offer. I mean, the guy flashed. He plays well against the run. He's he was tenacious against the passer. This, um, when healthy, um, the problem is there's such a limited body of work that it's not like you're looking at like 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 say like let's say Devontae Wyatt who got better all four years and and showed himself to be reliable and productive. You got this limited body of work. You have this recent injury. The Chiefs are bleeding at such a level. I mean, I've said that 10 times, but and, and and most of the time, you don't want to count on those guys. The Chiefs will be counting on rookie edge rushers next year. There's no way around it. They went shopping at the wrong times. They traded Tyreek Hill and freed up money after free agency had already taken the best options. Off the table, it is what it is. So if you're depending on those edge rushers, the problem is next year's a red shirt year for Ojabo. You can love his game, and everyone should find a lot to love. But if you draft Ojabo, you have to get another edge rusher, and maybe even a third, just to make up for the fact that he's not going to... You certainly can't count on him to do anything in 22, which is one quarter of his contract. I I, I just don't see it. I just don't get it.
2: I agree. And look, it, Tremblay says, if you sign some edge rushers like Ingram or and or Clowney, yes, you can draft a job. I, I think the problem is if the Chiefs were, I don't know, the Atlanta Falcons, sure. Yeah. Like if you really believe in the upside of the player, because you're not winning anything this year. The Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, right now on paper, they're worse than they were last year, but they've got Patrick Mahomes. They've got Andy Reid. They're a Super Bowl contender, and they're going to be better after this draft, and they may make a trade. They have all the assets. Who, there could be veterans coming. So I don't think you can afford when you're in the position that the Chiefs are in to be like, we're going to have a redshirt year for this guy. If you stink and you're building for two or three years from now, sure, you can, you can make a move like that because you're like, we need quality players. We need star players. And, and if you're drafting at the end of the first round, you can't get them. Right, so or if like you know you're a team that has like two picks and you're picking early and you got a late and you're like yeah let's do it let's use that second pick let's say late first round pick on this guy don't think it makes sense for the Chiefs you need to get look these rookie edge ed rushers they bring in or r- rookie wide receivers like you know yeah yeah for every Jamar Chase you get you get a McColl Hardman you get more McCole Hardmans right who contribute but not maybe in the way that you would like and maybe they get better later so. The Chiefs, they're going to have to ride with those guys, They and, and they need those contributions. They can't have no contributions. right? Um, and, right. And, and that's why I think it probably doesn't make sense. All right, our next one uh, and our last one comes from Saucy Chief. Reviewing a question. Hey, guys, I'm a Chiefs fan coming out of California. My dad raised me as a Chiefs fan, and I've been one for the last 24 years I've been alive. I've been listening to the podcast since the 2020 draft and it's become a daily ritual for me. Every morning I check if a new episode has come out, Tuesdays and Thursdays, my friend. And when I get a notification on YouTube, I'll watch the video and then listen to the podcast the next day. Having a great having great insider information and great Chiefs discussions every episode and in general, a love for football and Casey brings me back every day. Honestly, now I feel like I know more about the Chiefs than my dad. Your podcast has actually brought us closer since now I can actually have in-depth conversations with him about football. Thank you guys for all your work. And he has a question. I just want to say, that's awesome. Thank you. That's all very kind. And that, that just, that's rewarding. Like that's, you know, I get jacked up every time we do this podcast because I'm excited to do it and talk cheese with everybody. But when we get comments like that, you often leave the podcast feeling a lot better than, than I did even coming in and it's because of stuff like that. So that's awesome. This podcast helped you and your old man, like, Come together a little bit more. That's frigging great, man. Um, as far as your question, uh, I recently watched a clip from a couple of years back. I believe when Alex Smith was still the quarterback, the Chiefs are playing the Broncos and were up. Uh, they were up twenty-seven to ten with a minute fifty-five left in the fourth. And in the red zone, Dontari Poe threw a pass for a touchdown. Why haven't the <laughs> Chiefs really tried to go for it on their last drives of games in the past two years? I could be wrong, but I don't remember them really putting teams away, even if they had the opportunity, either kneeling or just running out the clock. So interesting question. You know, I, my take on that is uh, that's the time to run that play, <laughs> right? That is a play. I think that play with Dontari Poe, and I do think Andy's done some things like this as well. I think he did something like last year. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember what they did, but like. These are the kinds of plays that Andy likes to run down there in the red zone when it makes sense because that's why everybody loves Andy Reid. You know, having an offensive lineman catching a pass or letting a, a, the big defensive lineman throw a pass or score a touchdown, that that's Andy Reid making a deposit. And then when he wants to make a withdrawal later from these players, he's able to do that because there's money in the pot. And um, I think it's really smart and I think he does it. And it, and it may be even more tactical than we know. Maybe he really needed a, a, an uplift in Dontari Poe. And that was the moment he decided to pull out that card because they were going to win. And like the Broncos probably didn't like it. We all loved it. Of course, it was hilarious. Didn't they do that this year with somebody? Um, who? Oh, Wiley. Weren't they up when Wiley caught, got his touchdown? I can't remember what the score was. That's what well, yeah, we need for because the man doesn't forget any. Any. He has
1: like an encyclopedic knowledge of...
2: Oh, no, it was Allegretti. Allegretti scored. Somebody, What of these offensive linemen score backup offensive linemen scored a touchdown this year. And I can't remember who it was. Allegretti. Ch- that was Allegretti. That was right. Apex, do you remember when Allegretti did that? Was was were the Chiefs up big in that game? Um, but at any rate, that that's when they that's when they like, that's why Andy does that stuff. It's not just because it's a it's a good, tricky play that'll score. I mean, you've got you've got Tyree Kill on the field and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes like. You could just you could dream up a million different plays just for those guys. You get a guy, you get an offensive lineman involved or a defensive lineman because you're making a deposit. That's the, the way that I think about it. Uh, yes, Apex says yes. We were blowing the D- the doors off the Steelers. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Up uh, Wink, uh, Wink says we we're up three touchdowns. So um, to, to it, Saucy yeah. Chief, yeah, that's it. That's when Andy. So be on the lookout. Unfortunately, the Chiefs didn't blow a ton of teams out um, last year. Some some more losses, some more close games. Uh, that's when you should be on the lookout for that stuff. There's a pattern. We have identified a pattern of big man <laughs> touchdowns, and that is when the Chiefs <laughs> are up two or three scores towards the end of a game. It's going to happen. Any anything to add to that one, Matt?
1: I mean, I n- nothing other than I love it when it happens. Um, you know, yeah. those are always the best plays.
2: Yeah, yeah. What you don't do is what they did. What was it with Blake Bell on the one yard line against the Bengals? That's when you're not. That's not the time to make a deposit, Andy. No.
1: No, give the ball <laughs> to Tyreek Hill. Um, you just you just yelled at Andy Reid like he was a puppy who picked yeah. up your shoe.
2: Yeah, I got to take the dogs out after this, so I'm just get, I'm just I'm just get pre gaming a little bit. Um, all right, everybody, listen. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us for the hour. Uh, the audience is as high right now as it's been the whole time we've been with streaming. That's friggin' awesome. You guys are great. Thanks to Apex and and Nightingale and a- and, and and Wink and all the guys in the chat. Tremblay uh, for, for, for helping us uh, keep this lively and interesting hit that thumbs up button on YouTube on the way out. If this is the first time you've encountered this podcast, subscribe to us on YouTube and check the description in YouTube. Cause there is a boatload of crap in there for you to check out. You got the link. We're giving away the Patrick Mahomes Jersey this month. You got to get in on that. There's like a few different ways you can enter. You can like follow Matt Connor on Twitter. You follow Matt Connor on Twitter through that link. You've got an entry. You're subscribed to the Airhead, pa- Air- Airhead Act podcast. That's an entry. You can just enter. There's a way to just enter. And you don't have to do anything. But why wouldn't you want to make sure you're following Matt Connor and, and, and all this crap? So do it. We appreciate you guys. You're the absolute best. If you're interested in becoming a member, I would love to chat with you guys, get to know you, see some of your faces, drink a beer with you in our happy hour. So check out the information that's in the description on that as well about becoming a member, joining us on the Discord. Yeah, man. That's all I got. I'm out until uh, I'll be back next Thursday. But you'll be back on Tuesday for the next show of this. I'll be podcast. back on Tuesday
1: with Sterling,
2: with Sterling, unless something crazy ass happens. In which case, we'll just run to our computers or our phones or whatever and jump on to talk to you guys. So if the Chiefs like trade for DK Metcalf or something crazy like that, be on the alert. And that's why you want to hit that notification button on YouTube so you know when we go live because it's not always as scheduled because sometimes we're late and sometimes the Chiefs do some crazy shit and then we do a bonus episode. Uh, all right. Peace out, Wink. Peace out, everybody. Appreciate you. Thank you for your support. Give a shout out to at Casey Bierko on Twitter. And as always, go Chiefs.